Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt, and we're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit and revival. And today we're going to talk about uh, a warm heart, how revival, real revival, true revival, it touches the human heart. We might call today's uh, episode the warmed heart, and I'm taking that from a quote by John Wesley about an experience he had that just absolutely transformed his life, and um, I will uh, share that quote in a moment. But yes, uh, a warmed heart, how revival, true revival, changes the heart, because true revival is a work of the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the heart is very, very important in Scripture. Let me just read a, a few verses to highlight this. Proverbs 23, 26, God says, my son, and that includes my, his daughter, my son, give me your heart. What does God want? He wants our heart. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 27, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. <laughs> now, he's not just talking about that, that organ in the body that pumps the blood, but he is talking about that, 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 that center of our physical and our spiritual and mental and emotional life. The heart as it is used in scripture in this way, is referring to the seat and the center of all physical and spiritual life. It's referring to the fountain and the seat of the thoughts, the passions, the desires, the affections, the purposes. God wants our heart. And Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, the, the reason the church needs revival and, and individuals we need revival is because it's very easy to get into a religious rut and to go through the outward motions without God having our heart. Someone can go forward, sign a card, become a member of a church, even pay tithes, maybe get involved in, in a church program, maybe become a deacon. But if God doesn't have their heart, then they are no better than the Pharisees. We read about in the New Testament who prayed, who fasted, who attended the synagogue, who, who tithed, and yet they were the object of the most, most severe rebukes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because God did not have their hearts. They were full of pride and and of criticism of others who were not like them. Oh, how God wants our heart. I remember my father telling about how he was called to the ministry. <laughs> and he made excuses. Now he he was he he was a Christian. He attended church and so on. He tithed. Uh, he attended church probably at least three times a week, every time the doors were open. And so I remember him saying how he told the Lord, Well, Lord, if you will Give me better clothes and a better car. 
I will go preach the gospel like like I believe you've called me to do. And he said God did just what he asked him to do, but he still didn't do it. Why? Because God did not have his heart. You see, the heart is the very center and, and the, the source and the fountain of our life, of, of our energy, of our affections. And when he has our heart, everything else will fall into place. And so the reason we need revival, real Holy Spirit revival, is because there is so much Christian religion without the Holy Spirit, without real changed hearts, without real born-again experiences. Um, and and I'll, I'll read the quote from John Wesley, how he had a change of heart. John Wesley graduated from Oxford University. Um, he he started he and his brother Charles they started the the prayer gatherings. They and a few other students at Oxford that became the great Methodist revival, and then uh, morphed into what we know as the Methodist Church today. Which much of the Methodist Church today is very different from what John Wesley uh, knew about. Uh, but John Wesley. Uh, he graduated from Oxford, and at Oxford he was he considered himself a Christian. Uh, he went to church. He was an Anglican. He took communion every week. He prayed. He fasted. He was ordained to the ministry. He even went to Georgia, in the United States. Took a ship from England, um, and and was going to be a missionary to the American Indians. But even he admitted he had later he admitted he had no assurance in his heart that he was really accepted by God. And he said one of his reasons for going to America as a missionary was he thought that maybe in converting others, that maybe he would find assurance in his own soul that he was accepted with God. And um, But he came to the conclusion it was a totally failed mission. He even had to, to uh, depart from England in secret because there was a warrant put out for his arrest. Not that he had done anything wrong, but because he was such a religious legalist that he was appointed to a church there. And uh, there was a young woman whom he was friendly with, and uh, he, he may have, we don't know this, but you know, friendly enough that she thought that he was interested in marrying her. And uh, but anyway, he turned. He he finally decided to cut off the relationship, and uh, she married somebody else. But then one day, he he something about her life. He would not serve her communion, and her husband and her parents were infuriated, and they went to the to the laws. Now this is in colonial America. This is when church and state were merged. They went to the local law authorities, the constable, and a warrant was out for his arrest. So he had to leave. He had to leave at night and catch a uh, walk to the the uh, uh, to, to the coast and catch a ship going back to to England. And on the way, he wrote this in his journal, and he lamented. He said, "I who went to America to convert the Indians had never been converted myself." He was a Christian outwardly, but God did not have his heart. That was the conclusion he came to. And so 
in America, he had met some uh, people. They were known as Moravians. And these Moravian missionaries, they had a heart relationship with God. They were just full of love and compassion, overflowing love for Jesus and others. And they got in a great storm out on the Atlantic, probably was a hurricane. And, uh, uh, you know, and it, it did not look good. And John Wesley was in great fear, but he told about how the Moravians didn't seem to be concerned that they were worshiping and praising God in the midst of the storm. So he wanted to find out more about them. And so after he got back to England, he started visiting some of their meetings, their societies. They didn't have church buildings. They, they were a revival movement. And in one of the meetings, someone was reading the preface of uh, Martin Luther's commentary on Romans, the, his preface to Romans, but Martin Luther. And this is what he was doing. He was just reading it. And Wesley tells about, and I'm going to read his exact quote, that while he was sitting there listening to this person read the words of Martin Luther about what happens when, when, when the Holy Spirit comes and changes a person's heart and transforms their life and they're born again, all oh, the Holy Spirit began to move in his heart. And something incredible happened, and here's how he described it. He said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for my salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sin, even mine, and saved me from the law, sin, and death. Even though he was an ordained minister, he always considered this to be the time of his conversion. This is when God got his heart. Does God have your heart today? Does God have my heart? Does God have the heart of our churches in America, in Canada, in Ireland? Does God have the heart of the pastors and the preachers in Mexico, in Uganda, in Pakistan, in India? Oh, how we need a heart-warming revival. Let's do it, Lord. We pray, God, for a heart-warming revival. And I even pray, Lord, that those listening to this podcast will experience a warmed heart like Wesley did. May they heart, their heart be warmed by your presence. In Jesus' name, we pray. This is Eddie Hyatt, and um, this is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. Uh, what I was reading from was uh, the book, 2,000 Years of Charismatic Christianity. It is a, a book I wrote, my first book, in fact, 220 pages, and it is an account of revival movements from the day of Pentecost to the present time. It's available on our website, eddiehyatt.com, and also from Amazon. I hope you'll join me tomorrow as we continue talking about the Holy Spirit and revival. I think we'll continue talking about a warmed heart. God bless you.